0: Hello and welcome to A Queer Understanding, weekly conversations about all things queer. We are your hosts, Dr. Angelica Thompson and Kessa Thompson. For more information about the show and to hear more episodes, visit us at aqueerunderstanding.com. Today, we're speaking with Karen Kendra Holmes. Karen works for the federal government as a safety officer. She is a strong advocate for the transgender community. Karen volunteers with the Department of Justice Community Relations Department as a subject matter expert going around the country speaking to law enforcement agencies, working to build the bridge between the transgender community and law enforcement agencies. She is an international board member of the Transgender Veterans Support Group, TVSG, LGBTQ resources. She is also the president of the DC chapter of the TVSG and the vice president of the Maryland chapter. Karen has received numerous awards over the past decade, including Soldier of the Year from the Maryland State Guard Association and the Maryland Defense Force in 2012, and from the State Guard Association of the United States in 2013. She received community service awards from the Corporation for National and Community Service, And AARP Maryland in 2014 and 2020. In 2017, she was selected by the LGBTQ nation as one of the top 50 successful transgender Americans you need to know. And in 2021, she received the 14th Annual Pride Index National Esteem Award for Outstanding Service, Transgender, for being a transgender advocate and award winning public servant. Under the Maryland National Guard, Karen was a staff sergeant with the Maryland Defense Force. She worked in force protection, force support, the chaplain's unit, and the honor guard. She sits on the board for the Retired Senior Volunteer Program in Prince George's County, Maryland. With the Maryland National Capital Park Police, Prince George's County Division, Karen has received several awards for service, such as two Commander's Awards and two Volunteer of the Year Awards. Karen has her own side business called Safety First DMV and is certified as an instructor through the National Safety Council. Karen believes wholeheartedly in the importance of giving back to her community. Here's our conversation. Hi, Karen. Welcome. Hello. How are y'all doing? Doing great. I read in your bio, you have been doing a lot of advocacy work, a lot of good work with the transgender community and law enforcement. Can you tell us a little bit about your most recent project?
1: Actually, I'm working basically on two things together right now. The first one, it's been... uh, partnered up with the Department of Justice Community Relations Services Department. And there, myself, along with a couple of other transgender people, we actually are doing a training either online or in person with other law enforcement agencies around the country. And there we are trying to bridge the gap between the transgender community and law enforcement, giving them basic stories as far as how to treat us once they do a traffic stop or maybe an arrest. And then from there, we're actually trying to get them to be involved in community services with other transgender people to really help the community get involved to let us know that they're there for us. And that's been a really good push right now. And then um, the most recent thing that just started up—obviously, y'all were there at the lane for the two girls that were murdered in Fairmont Heights, uh, Maryland. And from there, I gave my idea from volunteering basically with Prince George's County Police, doing whatever I can to help the transgender sex workers uh, get off the street and get them involved with possibly uh, resume building, role playing with them on doing an interview, uh, dress for success and stuff like that. And from there, there was a couple of library staff there from Greenbelt, Maryland, and they said, look... We want to start a project called the Butterfly Project. They're going to expand what I wanted to do into like mentorship for the girls as well. Once a month for six months, doing luncheons for the girls to be able to come together, meet their mentors and and go from there. And the bad part about it, COVID has kind of put a, a damper on things right now, but we are still pumped up and excited about getting this thing done through the library system. So our first one basically is starting in Fairmont Heights Library. And then from there, we've gotten requests from D.C. I've actually gotten one from Portland. There's a guy out there who's doing programs and he wants the Butterfly Project to come out there as well. So I mean, even at my church, which is in Rockville, Maryland, Rockville United, want to get involved in something that's in Prince George's County. And uh, it's been great to hear the response from uh, my fellow Our parishioners
0: out there. Nice. Very nice. What is it that you hope police will understand when they encounter someone from the transgender community out on the street?
1: I was doing a ride along with the police in the Fairmont Heights area on Eastern Avenue. And this is a special unit that's only patrolling up and down Eastern Avenue and in Fairmont Heights. One side of Eastern Avenue is Maryland. The other side is D.C. The commander that asked me about working with them, she said, all the officers there are just to make sure that the girls are safe and they're not getting hurt, which has been great to hear that because she said, I'm getting tired of having my officers push the girls over to the D.C. side of that area. And D.C. comes along and pushes them back to Maryland. So she said, I don't want to play this ping pong game with the girls and if I arrest them, they'll just be back out. So is there a way to help them get off the street? And I said, absolutely. While we're riding up and down Eastern Avenue, we may see the same girl several times, but that's no problem. I stopped, talk to them, identify myself as not only there to help and see what I can do, but also there to advise them. I'm also a transgender woman, which is that lets them know, one, they're in a safe place because of the fact they're seeing me get out of a police car. So I wanted them to know, I'm not a police officer. I'm just here to help. And so while we're driving up and down Eastern Avenue, I'm able to talk with the officers and give them a little view of who we are to let them know we're not what you see on Jerry Springer show. We're doing great things out there, such as police officers, firefighters, doctors, nurses, attorneys, lawyers, judges, you name it, we're doing it. And I tell them also while we're out there patrolling, the girls that are out here, it's called survival sex. They're not out there because they love it. They're out there because they need food. They need to be able to sleep somewhere. And if they don't have that, you know, they're going to be out on the street where they could possibly get hurt or killed out there as well. So if we can do our part, it's great. I know, like, whenever I'm out and I stop with some of the girls, I say, What can we do to help you get off the streets? And they basically say that they need a job. They need a place to stay. All of these things. And I've actually had one girl who I gave my, my business card to ended up, I got a phone call from Howard university hospital happened to be one of the girls that I've met out on the street. I don't know her name by name, but she said, she's tired. She wants to get off the street. She's been raped. And I was like, I'm on Metro train at the time being, you know, it's kind of hard to hear when the train's going. I said, please call me back in about 30 minutes. I'll be off the train then. And I didn't get a phone call, but I called the sergeant who's in charge of that unit. And I said, is there any possible way I can ride tomorrow night to see if I can find this girl? Because I I recognize her voice. I just don't know her name. And I want to see if I can find her out on the street tomorrow night. And the sergeant said, absolutely, go ahead and go. But I didn't see her. We rode for like about three hours that. That morning, because this unit that I'm riding with is from midnight till 6 30 in the morning, but I only do it from like midnight till about 3 30 in the morning. And so, yeah, I've met about at least 18 girls out there, and all of them gave me the same story, the same response that I want to get off the streets.
2: Do you think a part of the reason why they're out there on the street is because of um, discrimination with getting a job? And um, when your family's turning your backs on
1: them. Yeah. I mean, one of the girls that I actually met on the street, she told me she knows Word Perfect, Excel. I'm like, wow, she knows all these things and she's out on the street. So it had to be that she was working at one time when she transitioned. Next thing you know, she loses her job. And that happens with a lot of trans people. I've just been very fortunate and blessed when I transitioned on the job with the federal government now for a little over 20 years, they accept me. They understand. They know I'm a hard worker. And that's what we want to try to do is build into these girls as part of the Butterfly Project. So that way, you know, when they tell people they're transgender, people won't care. People will say, hopefully, I value you because you are a good person and the things that you do. And- That's basically what I live by is what I do out there. My biggest tagline is I'm on a mission and my mission is to make a difference in this world, this country, you know, you name it. And that's what I want to do. My value is not what I can get, it's who I can be to others. And that's
0: what I want.
2: That's very powerful.
0: Let's go back to a time before you were an advocate, when you were just you. Okay. Okay. How would you describe the feeling of not being aligned with your biological sex or the sex you were assigned at birth? Troublesome, confused, someone who was an altar
1: boy in church who believes in God. And to be able to have this battle with inside me because I was having the feelings that I had was very confusing. But I knew something wasn't right. I was always praying to God like, please show me, tell me, why do I keep dressing? You know, and this started at the age of 13 for me that I can recall. So that's why my tagline is called 40 years and wandering no more is because it took me 40 years to figure this crap out. By going to a conference in Philadelphia called the Philadelphia Trans Health Conference, I got to see other transgender kids, five, six and seven years old, enjoying themselves. And their parents were like just enjoying their, their child and Then going to the work sessions at the conference, I was able to say, hey, I was basically hearing their stories and saying, wow, this is who I really am. And then when I left that conference, coming home, I was gung-ho fired up and I said, I got to get to work. I need to transition. And I knew it was going to be a tough decision, but I knew my parents would accept me and work with me. I knew at my job, I knew people would accept who I am. And when I came back to work after taking off for two weeks after I transitioned, I thought I'd come back to a 5 to 10% of an issue. Now, I came back to 1% or 2%. And now at this point, everything's been okay. No issues, no problems. Even the people that were 1% or 2%, they're okay with me now.
2: That's amazing. So you mentioned your parents being accepting of you and the people that you work with. What about your extended family?
1: Everybody was okay except for a couple of uncles. And now I I can proudly say that one of the uncles after 11 years is now accepting who I am. I mean, he's even apologized for keeping me distant for all that time. And, And we talk at least a couple of times a week or something. And it's just great. You know, it's like it was wasted time. I was doing things out there in the community and well-known, dealing with the police, politicians, and and so on. And I'm not bringing any shame to the family, but yet he was keeping me on the outskirts. And it's great to know that it's been rekindled. And even to hear the words, I love you, you know, he's in tears sometimes when he talks to my mom about The fact that he's trying to get back together. I mean, I loved my uncle back then, before I transitioned, and it wasn't me who outed him; it was he was outing me, and so it, it hurt. But I was hurt so bad that he was trying to convince my cousins to be distant with me, and to me, at that point, when I heard that from one of my cousins, I just basically wrote him off for sure. I was before that kept room for forgiveness but when i heard that i was like if he passes away i am not going to the funeral you know but when i found and heard how he was starting to respond and act i just had to extend the uh, forgiveness like god forgave us for our sins you know
2: that's quite an experience and you know i can relate to that when i came out in jamaica when you've been pushed aside by the people that you supposed to trust and supposed to love you unconditionally, and they are the ones who are not doing so, you know, so I have a, I have a question for you. So you know that when some transgender individual die and their families are arranging their funeral services, they will bury them as the sex they're assigned at birth and the name they were assigned at birth. What would you say to, Those
1: families that are doing this. You know, that's a tough question because there was one girl that was murdered up in Rockville, Maryland at a hotel. And when I went up and talked to the family, you know, I wanted to express my consolence with them. And I said, it didn't have to happen to her like that. And right away, the mother was like, No, it's he. And I didn't want to get her too upset about it, but I wanted her to know this is who she was. You know, and for her to be murdered, it was, it's, it's tough. Can you believe it? Three years later, I was up at a pride event in June up in Frederick. And she recognized me out of all those people that were there. And she just basically came up to me and said, I want to say I was sorry for turning you off. And I was like, wow. And I didn't make too much in it, you know, because I didn't want to bring up anything based on the past, I just said, well, I'm glad. And if there's anything I can do for you, you know, please reach out, gave her my card again. And it's been good. So my thing is, if I can you know, reach one person, that's a success in our community. You can't change everybody's mind, but you can be uh, consoling at times like that. And it's tough. You know, it's really tough when you have a family who won't accept who you are in that kind of way. For Police Week, I actually um, was able to speak about a woman who was a police officer, transgender woman, and nobody accepted her for who she was, not even her family. There were a few officers that did, from what I understand later. The most part, you know, they took her off the street. They took her off, because she was a firearm instructor. To me, if you're a firearm instructor, you're a badass. And they took her out of the range and they put her in the office in the corner. And she was a sergeant, but yet they pushed her aside. And including the mother, actually, they buried her in her male name. So that was hard. After hearing about some of the officers who did show up to the funeral, some protested against because they heard she was getting buried as him rather than as her. And I didn't know that at first. I wish I had it because I would have talked about that day at the police week. But I didn't know about that part of it. But I had heard that some
0: of them stayed away because of that reason. It wasn't because she was trans. Right. Wow. I can definitely imagine certain occupations, certain jobs, people having a much harder time being accepted than others. Now, you were in the military for some amount of time. How long were you?
1: I was in for,
0: and actually, well, I was with the Maryland Defense
1: Force, which supported the Maryland National Guards for five years. And now I'm with the United States Veterans Reserve Corps. And in both cases, with the Maryland Defense Force, I joined after I transitioned. So, but I was still kind of scared about it because when it came down to filling out paperwork, I either had to do my my passport or birth certificate. And birth certificate hadn't gotten changed yet. My passport did, so I was able to use that when I joined. Getting a physical, I I could see my own doctor, so that was not an issue there either. And through that time, there were a couple of the soldiers who asked me questions, and that was only because I loved taking pictures in my mom's living room, and right above where the fireplace is, there's a portrait of me and my brother and my mom. And one of the captains said, "Is that you in the picture?" And I'm like, I didn't want to lie to him. I said, uh, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> and after that, there was no more pictures. After that, I just cropped it down. But yeah, that was uh, one of the things that came up. And it, you know, and, and later talking with him, I said, "What did you think?" You know, give me your ideas, and opinion. He said, "You're not only a good soldier, but you're a good friend." And he never revealed to anybody else, a couple of the other soldiers who might have known, they didn't say anything either. And then when I did the interview with ABC2 News out of Baltimore, everybody in my battalion, they saw the interview, and this all the way went up to the general. And they all came back and said, great interview. You did a good job. And they actually told the National Guards they had somebody that was transgender with them and Was there going to be issue? And apparently the general for the National Guard said, no, there's no issue. So it's been awesome.
2: I'm happy to hear that we have gotten so far where the military is accepting people for who they are, because it's not about your sex. It's not about your gender. It's about your ability (laughs) to serve this great country. That's what it boils down to.
1: It's funny, the response I've been getting back from the military, because I've actually spoken at the Navy Yard, Fort Meade twice, Fort Detrick twice. Here I'm getting a line of soldiers coming up and talking to me. At Fort Detrick, the following year that I did talk there for them, the MC happened to be been a transgender woman. <laughs> that was even more exciting to know, wow, this is how accepting they are now of us that they do have a transgender woman soldier being the host.
2: Yeah, and um, I'm sure your story will inspire a lot more people in the military to be themselves.
1: Yeah, I mean, if people want to, they can actually see my TED Talk by Googling my name, Karen Holmes or Karen Kendra Holmes, TED or TEDx. Actually, last year in January, my TEDx that I did in Ashbury Park New Jersey now is actually on the main site for TED. So that was a big honor to hear. We made it to the big one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's awesome. So given everything that you've gone through, everything that you've seen with others in the transgender community, do you have any advice for other women who are struggling with their identity? Get the strength. You know, even though you think you might be
1: ready to come out, pray about it. That's my biggest thing. A lot of people that go to their church have always kind of condemned or said comments about me, you know, being a Christian about transitioning. And I'm like, no, I said, this was not an easy decision. For 40 years, I prayed about this, you know, it was God's timing to be able to say, hey, I'm introducing you to a friend who's going to be eventually going to this conference and you're going to go with her. Who knows, you know, but really make sure don't let anybody change your mind or talk you into doing something sooner than you're really ready because we've known people who have actually transitioned and actually are transitioning back or they're fighting back and forth with who they are. You know, just take it to heart, really think about it. What are you going to be giving up? Can you go through what you're going to go through in the future? Because not every transition is going to be like it was for me or, right. Some other people, you know, some can't handle it. A lot of people always ask me, like, don't you wish that you had did this sooner? And I go, to be honest with you, I said, I'll probably, if I did it sooner, I would have been this wild child out there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But timing, God's timing was perfect to introduce me to this friend who actually took me to this conference. And I'm like, wow, this is who I really am. And when I found out, There was no doubt in my mind I was coming back home to transition on the job and to be accepted for who I am and not have any doubts about it. So talk to other transgender people who I consider as veterans out there, that they've been doing this for years. I mean, my life so far is is a little over 11 years. So for me, yeah, I consider myself a veteran as a trans person, and that's who you need to connect with because they're going to help you through this process.
2: That's awesome, Karen. If someone wants to get in touch with you just to talk, just for you to help them through the process or to talk about one of those amazing projects that you are doing, how can they get in touch with you?
1: Okay, there's several ways. One, you can go directly to my personal website, which is kkhomes.com. You can con- hit the contact button there and that'll come to me as well. Or you can go to kkhomes at kkhomes.com. You can contact me on Facebook. It is getting pretty full to the limit of friends on Facebook, I can accept. But if you friend me on Facebook, I will accept you as a friend, except you got to have a profile picture and you can't have any nudity on your profile or your cover and then we'll get in front you and you can send me a message that way as well. Twitter, LinkedIn, I'm there. So we'll definitely get in touch with you that way.
2: Thank you, Curran. We really appreciate you coming on today. And folks, there you have it. Karen Kendra Holmes, a fearless transgender advocate that is making waves and changes all across the U.S. Thank you again, Karen, for being here today.
1: Thanks for having me on your show.
0: Thanks for listening to A Queer Understanding. We hope you heard something that resonated with or inspired you. Join us next week right here at A Queer Understanding. And as always, live your truth and be unapologetically you.